As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Beep, beep, beep. We have some exciting new things to tell you about, specifically oh, yeah. our brand new Patreon revamp, which we're so stoked about and have been working really hard on. It's going to be awesome. You're finally going to get a Two Girls, One Ghost theme song ringtone. Yes. We're going to have special exclusive episodes posted. There's exclusive merch. And we're going live monthly yes. on Patreon, specifically for our only phantoms. This the only phantoms month. have just voted for the date and they time have of our spoken. first live in May. May 15th at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Corinne and I are going to do a live stream and we are going to, we're so nervous, we're going to re-listen to <laughs> episode one, the first episode we ever recorded of Two Girls, One Ghost. We'll see how far react. we get. Yeah, we'll see. We might need to listen to it on like cringe, fast speed cringe. times two to get through it. And we're going to play some type of game together with it. Like how many times do you hear us say like or laugh at ourselves because we're uncomfortable and it's going to be, I'm hesitant to say a great time, but it will be, it will be something. And enjoy laughing at ourselves yes. and pat ourselves on the back for the growth that we we've have grown. We've come since then. so far. And it's almost been five years since that. That's so scary. That's scarier I than any ghost story, we, truly. We grew. But yeah, so come join us, join our Patreon, uh, check out the new tiers on our Patreon, and we'll see you at the live stream. Woo! Boop, 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 beep, boop. Welcome. And hello, everyone. <laughs> and hello. <laughs> this is, oh, is Leia speaking? Leia, is this your She's show? Getting chatty. It, it's always been Leia's show. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I was out to drinks with someone the other day, and, and by the other day, I mean last night, and they were like, I'm very convinced that cats are witches. And I was like, I agree. That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Yes. She because has, it's just like – She has power. We were just talking about like cats versus dogs and how dogs are much more helpless than cats are. Mm-hmm. And cats just kind of like do their own thing and they're a little bit aloof, but they also have like a ton of personality. And and they were talking about like how when there's a cat in the room, you just kind of treat it like another human. You're like, I respect you. I'll give you the space. Like I understand your personality. And she was like, I'm pretty sure they're just witches. I was like, that would be sick. I'm into yes. it. I'm into it. It's a good it. theory. I love it. Buying in. I, uh, I buy into everything. Ghost. Two girls, one ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. 
And I'm Sabrina. And this is an encounters episode that is going to be on our YouTube channel as well because we are um, YouTube creators now. We're YouTubers. And as you can see, I haven't quite figured out my lighting, but it's fine. There's a lot of things. have this like beautiful shiny cheek. It's okay. You look great. And you have new additions to your background. Yes. Here we go. Well, you inspired me because your background looks so great. Sorry, I'm like snotting everywhere. Ugh, gross to watch now, <laughs> not just listen to. <laughs> Sorry. But I have uh, this votive candle. Well, I call it a candle holder. I'm pretty sure it was used for like after dinner shots. So at least that's what the person told me. But I got it last year when I went to the Brimfield Antique and Flea Market in oh. Massachusetts. And it's from the 1880s. So if I ever broke it, I would cry. It's so beautiful. hopefully that doesn't happen. And then I know, isn't it? It's so pretty. It's so cute. I put a little tea light in I it. I love it. And I was like, oh, this will be my tradition. Now, every time we record, I'll put a little tea light <gasps> the in. The recording light. Tea the light, light is on, which means you're it's recording. On. And then we'll be – maybe we'll get to a point where we get to, like, actually converse with spirit through it. It's like, flicker the light if this happens or if you two flickers is yes, one flicker wow. is no. Wow. Corinne, you are <laughs> dancing with some danger there. It's basically <laughs> – it looks like she's on your shoulder like a little parrot. Come here. She does. She uses me as her ladder sometimes. Like she'll just, I will bend down and she will, next thing I know is on top of my back so that she can get up on top of our shelving. Oh my God. So cute. And then I have a, this was sent to us in the mail, but when in doubt, sage it out. I just put it in a little Oh, so cute. And I can't for the life of me remember who made it for us, but it was someone who worked with us on merch. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Leia just Leia, tripped. be careful. Leia, <laughs> she did. Okay, she's Aww, a klutzy little, little witch. <laughs> she's a klutzy <laughs> little witch. That's kind of dangerous. At least you have like a heavy shelf where she just about fell because I'm looking at all of the glass where oh, they yeah, have below. Yeah. No, that would be terrible. So. If that happened on camera, you would see tears. <laughs> tears. Like, I would cry. Okay. I have an actual glass pot now because remember, we missed in our very first video recording, we missed it by like oh my five gosh. minutes. As soon as we stopped recording, Truly. my plant just toppled over and the dirt went everywhere. And I was like, oh, this fucking And then, Corinne, didn't you just, you were like, I'll deal with it later because we had more to talk about. I was like, about. let's just, it's fine. I'll, in two hours, I'll pick it up. For now, I'll just sit in the dirt. <laughs> And then I gave my plant a haircut because it was very heavy. And now I have five new plants growing from Wait, how did you do that? What do you mean? Wait, do you have one of these, like a pothos or a philodendron? They're yes. so easy. You just cut them, snip uh-huh. them. Here, I'll give you a little tutorial right now. Okay. And then you see like at the ends here, there's yeah. little nodes or like where the – where the you just cut on either side and then stick them in a glass jar of water. What? And then – you just let it and kind it of all sit and then they'll grow roots. I have like three more of these that I've grown like from this. And you can keep them in water for a really long time. This is how you get a lot of houseplants without paying for a lot of houseplants. Wait, you this just is make them amazing. <laughs> okay, this is such a yeah. good – thank you. Thank you for teaching me. You're welcome. I love to Plant learn. Plant tutorials on Two Girls on Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that would be fun. We should do that on Patreon. You- oh, we should. Do a little tour of like our plants yeah. or – or just like share our interests. Things <laughs> we like doing. How do we tend to our garden? Make some friendship Ooh, bracelets. I don't know. Fun. Tend, tend to, to our friendships and our gardens at the same time. And our gardens. For some reason, when you uh, say tend to your, 
tend to our gardens, I immediately just think of like yeah, trim your pubes. Me too. I don't know why that's exactly. Oh, I was I like, was there. I was there. Because well, deep down we're still 13-year-old middle school girls apparently. Yeah, you never grow up. And also no. I'm learning that we didn't really learn much about our bodies no, at all. At all. Now that I have TikTok, I'm like what do you mean there's different things I'm supposed to eat and exercise and do? Like, what is my cycle? What is my emotions? Oh, like, I was more thinking I don't specifically the American Girl Doll book told me that it's normal to have like <laughs> – to have Nick, cover your ears. Cover your ears, Nick. To have like two <laughs> nipple hairs. And I'm like, okay, what are the rest of these things that I have? Oh, my God. Wait, the American Girl Doll book? I think everybody had it. It right? scarred me because like, I was like, my body you. doesn't look anything like this. That means I must be dying. I remember all the middle school boys would go into the library and like sneak back in the library and get the book and like look at pictures of it and be like, ooh, and like giggle and laugh. And then I I specifically remember like I had a, a big group of guy friends that uh-huh. all – basically like my neighborhood was mostly – boys and then my friend Caitlin and then so the majority of my like youth like biking around the neighborhood and stuff were with these guys that I now refer to as the Wilson boys who are still really good friends of mine uh-huh. but this story is about the time when they went into my room and I'd hid my American Girl doll book underneath my mattress because I was embarrassed and I didn't want anyone to it's ever like see a diary it. So literally yes and I put it under my mattress like maybe a year prior forgot about it. Why did they look under my mattress? I don't know, but they found it and they were like waving it around. And I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh my God, I, uh, that's that's not mine. I like blamed my cousin Lainey. I was like, that's my cousin Lainey's. <laughs> like, like doesn't even live in the same state. I was like, I'm just keeping it for her. <laughs> I so oh. badly want to, when we have children, have like a moon blood ceremony for the first time my child, my daughter has her period. Like I want to make it a beautiful Isn't that scarring, thing. Like, no, but I that's what I mean. I just want to make it like a an acceptable and not a shameful thing. Cause I feel like even yeah. still when I buy tampons, I, you know, there's this fear of like checking out with a male or or buying condoms or I don't know, just having Anything I know. to do with my body, I just feel like it's been ingrained in us, in us to be ashamed. And I that's just not not cool, dude. Yeah. Not cool society. Yeah, you're right. It's like a hard – I think specifically thinking about like middle school and high school when people yeah. – and even like late elementary school, I think there are some – like I knew people that got their periods when they were like 11. Yeah. But I think it's – when I think about like middle school in, in specific, I feel like there's nothing you can do to make it less shameful because you're just embarrassed by everything at that I know. But if you – of life, like but there's every nothing. every kid, if we all got together and just taught all of our kids that it's okay. I know. And to right. be nice. No, because you're right. Because like we're like almost 30 and we still clench up and feel anxiety and awkward. And I still like, am afraid to be to naked. Buy, like, oh. I'm a never nude. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say you're a never nude? Yeah, basically. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, this is reminding me of at your bachelorette party how your sister was like, everyone gets Sabrina like some lingerie and she'll do a lingerie show. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, I know this is going to give Sabrina so much anxiety. So I got you like – a like giant nightgown. <laughs> <laughs> and it was and my like, favorite. <laughs> I think I guessed right away. I was like, this is not fully covered. Yeah. Oh, 1000%. I was like, I know you're not the naked one. Oh, I am far also, from the naked one. I'm naked when I choose to be, but I wouldn't want someone to ask me to be naked. Yeah, no. That's tough. That's tough. 
But I was I reading like, the other day though. Someone said like, if you don't have a naked neighbor, you are the naked neighbor. And I was like, that's me. I believe it. I oh, I believe it. Checks it. out. Yeah, you you were opposites. Live. I'm the naked neighbor, and you're the never nude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. Oh gosh. Well, this is an encounters episode where we um, <laughs> just kidding. We should restart. Where we read ghost stories uh, or any kind of paranormal, supernatural encounters from all of you, our listeners, who submit them to us. And can I start? Yeah, but also, can I request something of you right now? Sure. That I realized we didn't do. So because we started recording on video, we bought iPads (gasps) to make it, like, easier for us. And you never showed the detail. I ordered my iPad first. I did not know, basically, the extent of custom engravements. But you did the most genius thing, and it's so cute, and I want you to show it. Okay. Let's see if you can see it. Can you see it? It's a tiny – yeah. A tiny little alien. A little alien. I love it. I should have showed it last week when we did the – Reddit. Oh, that's okay. I mean, yeah, we do alien. <laughs> that's true. I'll talk often. about aliens often. It's, Maybe I probably you probably have one to read today. You should get like a little sticker to put on the back, like a ghost. Oh, I should. That's a good idea. I literally have in this cabinet, I have every sticker that anyone's ever sent us, except I do. I've, I already said this before, but like when we pay our quarterly taxes uh-huh. to the IRS, I do use our Halloween <laughs> themed and spooky stickers. To I put love on the back that. Of it. That's amazing. Yeah. They get like Grim Reapers that have like YOLO. Like, <laughs> that's like I hope they don't think it's a threat. I do worry about that. No, I bet like, that brightens their day. Think about how many pieces of mail and like envelopes are opening. That probably just right. adds some color to their lives. I hope I'm, so. I'm and probably actually people surprised. are pissed sending their money away. I'm actually I'm like, surprised they have not sent us a thank you letter. For brightening their lives. Right? You know what? I freaking agree. What if we got an email from someone who was like, hey, I work at the IRS and I saw your sticker and your podcast name and I have a ghost story. Oh my God. That would be a dream. dream. Full circle. Dream. If we get the IRS lost in our two girls on ghost triangle, oh. we're golden. We Never have paid made it again. Forget about the Illuminati. <laughs> the TGOG triangle has taken no. over the world. That's where you're really, really world, trying to get world domination the IRS on your side. Exactly. World domination. World domination. <laughs> yeah, you texted me and you were like, I looked up the symbols that we were making. We were on trying the video to do for this. triangles. Oh yeah, I like that. But you said it looks. It, it came up as like world, means world domination, and or then. Something. But that kind of works for us. Ghostly, ghostly world domination. It doesn't mean that the dominating is going to be bad. No, it doesn't it's mean that all power will be in our hands. No, no. It just means. Well, I mean, it does, but. <laughs> Your face. I don't even think I can make that face. Weird. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, I have like a lot the, of practice. Your permanent state when you were in the Samara. Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm going to focus on my (sighs) sitting up straight and I'm ready to listen to your story. Okay. Well, before we tell our story, should we tell everyone about our sponsor that we love? Oh, yes. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, I'm really excited about this one because last night I went to drinks with a bunch of badass boss lady writers. And while there, nice. a girl next to me, Alexa, goes, what's your podcast about again? And I said, ghosts. And she goes, I have a ghost story. And oh, she emailed it to me because it's so Oh, good. my God. Okay. This is like what we hope for when we go out I to know. dinner and drinks and just like literally any social interaction. Uh, exactly. And I'm actually very impressed with Alexa because she emailed it to me immediately. So even better. Okay. Hi. As promised, here's the story. I used to work at an ad agency in Toronto. It was a beautiful old brick building covered in ivy. I always had an office on the first floor, but they eventually moved me to an office on the second floor. And whenever I was working late or on weekends, I would hear footsteps above me. I didn't really think much about it, but then the agency had a series of major break-ins, three within a few weeks of each other. A ton of laptops got stolen each time. It was so bad that they hired police officers to guard the agency at night. After one night, wow. the HR lady was pissed because the police had called her at three o'clock in the morning to get access to a part of the building because they had chased someone into it. And they thought they'd finally caught the thieves, but the door was locked and they couldn't get in. And when I asked why she was pissed, she said it was because she knew there would be no one there. Apparently, the building was haunted. She'd had complaints from people for years, but was told not to talk about it. People working late at night would see an old man and a little girl wandering the hallways. When the police called, they told her they had heard footsteps and had given chase. They chased a physical person, someone, through the building, heard doors open and close until the person they were chasing ended up in a part of a building that was locked and the officers couldn't get in. So they called the HR lady, and she drove down and opened the door at 3 a.m., and sure enough, no one was there. It was a part of the building that had mechanisms that operated the old service elevator, so there was no other exit except that one door. The police swore up and down that they had chased someone there. The area they chased this person to was a space above my office. So when I'd heard the footsteps all those late nights, I never really thought about the fact that there was no office above me. I decided to look up the building's history. It yes. turns out it used to be an old Ouija board factory. <laughs> what the f 
I would never have guessed that. If you gave me a thousand guesses, never. I know. I didn't even really know there that was a thing. That, right? that existed. <laughs> wow. I'm shocked it's not more haunted than it is. This I know. Is unreal. I was shocked. Oh, I'm sweating. It's funny. She was telling me this story last night and she was just like, I was kind of like, oh my gosh, the police were chasing. Did, so wait, were the ghosts stealing the thieves? And she goes, just wait, just wait. It gets even better. <laughs> and I was just like, I can't believe it was a Ouija board factory. Oh my God. I know. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. Okay. I'm also, not to make this story about me, but, <laughs> but to I make worked it about in you. HR for seven years and I never got any cool stories like that. I'm so pissed that I didn't get the experience that that HR lady did where it was like, Here's a haunting you can never speak about. And what the fuck? I would have freaking loved that. Okay, but you've heard ghost stories from employees. It just didn't happen in the offices yeah. you were working at. It just didn't happen in the office. Right. Wow. I guess that – yeah. I guess I probably wouldn't have put much thought to if I heard people above me, like if there was an office yeah. above. Right. You would just assume that there was someone walking yeah. around. I need to know what the police – what their reactions were I mean, after finding out. I think the police had to acknowledge that there were ghosts in the building. And and they I don't think they ever caught who – I asked her some follow-up questions and she said they never really caught who stole the laptops, but they thought it was an inside job. Mm. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. But yeah. But in my I mind, the ghosts – lady took the laptops and yeah. ran. <laughs> Like, let's finally hack in and see what this internet thing is that everyone it's talks like about. from the show Ghosts where typing. Yes. Making do, do, dating do, do, do. profiles. I did finish Ghosts. I watched the season finale. Okay, I haven't watched the out. finale. Okay. Okay. I'm not there Then yet. we don't have to talk about it. But I freaking okay. love that show. It's so good. I was saying to a few people, because I've recommended it to a ton of people, but I was saying that, I mean, obviously it's a comedy and shows like Parks and Rec and The mm-hmm. Office and Shit's Creek. Like, sometimes when you have caricatures of people as the characters like when they're really big personalities it takes a few episodes to become attached to everyone yeah. but i was hooked after like episode one i was in it i love that that's I the best the kind of show so good yeah i agree i agree okay okay what will i read this is my favorite thing we i just i love that we do this i know me too okay this is called <laughs> wait is there an alien in this I can't remember. I like picked out these stories so long ago and I can't remember what they're about, but there's literally an alien emoji in this. So this might all work out or it's just serendipitous that you should hear. (laughs) Just for me. Yeah. Right. This is called Kentucky Goblins and Spirit Baby Visitations. Oh. And it is from Tay. Hi, friends. (laughs) Love the pod so much. I discovered it not too long ago and have been on a deep dive ever since. Thank you for the love, care, and research you put into it. I have so many stories from rural Georgia gravel roads that I grew up on with a pig man, spirit encounters through the tarot, and visitations from past loved ones. But today I'm writing to talk about Kentucky phenomenon and spirit babies. My family, my husband, and one daughter at the time move quite a bit for my husband's work, which brings its fair share of paranormal activity from the constant moving alone. We found ourselves in Bowling Green, Kentucky, not too far from Somerset and located on the 37th parallel, the same line as Area 51 and Sedona for reference. Oh, my god! I love that research. We should start looking into those, like ley lines and all of the parallel lines. Okay. Kentucky itself brings a very liminal energy. It feels like a fever dream hanging in between reality and somewhere else, like a portal all on its own. 
We had just moved into the neighborhood that was brand new, and we were the first people who had lived in our home. So I thought, all right, not giving a second thought to land spirits. I had just watched Hellier and was honestly on a whole alien trip because of it. (laughs) My family and I decided to visit Mammoth Caves, and this is the longest cave system in the world, and no one really ever knows where it ends. But while down in the caves on our tour, our tour guide told us stories of death, of people getting lost, Native Americans gathering, salt mining accidents, and showed us first writings on the wall, which, if you ask me, might have been light language. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is either. Light language? Maybe it's like alien or something? I don't know. We'll have to look it up. While down there in the cave, during one point of the tour, they turned off all of the lights so that we could just see how dark it was. Oh my God, that's so scary. I was holding my daughter and I could not even see her a bit. It's darkness so dark that you couldn't even see your own hand in front of your face. Oh my gosh. The darkness didn't let up either. There were no adjustments. It was just pitch black. Well, I think this is when we picked up our goblin or alien entity and carried it home with us. Oh, my gosh. We went home and we did our usual evening routines. But this night was different. My daughter was five years old when we moved in and she had never had an issue sleeping in her own bed. But this night she refused to even walk down the hallway to her room. She had the Scorpio stellium and is very inclined to other world energy. She's beyond intuitive. So I trusted her. She kept telling me that the closet wasn't good in her room. So I tucked her into bed and my husband and I settled into the living room for some TV time. And minutes later, my daughter screamed (gasps) and I ran into the room and she told me that there was something in the window. Well, I freaked out because this is exactly what the goblins on Hellier did to the children. Oh, no. And a few other things that were strange happened that evening. And then the next day, I, being a witch, put all of the protections up in our house. I busted out every spell in the book. I saged the shit out of the house. And I went to the local metaphysical store to get a blue candle that I dressed and petitioned for Archangel Michael to protect our home. That meditation that evening was otherworldly and one of the most far out experiences that I've ever had. We haven't had any other activity from goblins since, but we did have activity that continued until my second daughter was born. My daughter continued to be terrified of her room, the closet especially, and there was a toy horse, the one with the stick that you ride, that would constantly go off on its own. (sighs) That's a scary – that's like one of the scarier toys to go off, isn't it? I love watching your facial expressions as you read, Corinne. Because I'm really, I'm like rereading it for the first I know. time. But you like have a big smile like, and then your eyes go wide. It's so fun. <laughs> I don't even notice that I'm doing it. I'm also sweating my balls off. <laughs> I swear it's the light. It's like not me, but I hope people can't know it is a hot tell how light. much I'm dripping. Yeah. Okay. In order for this to happen, a button would have to be pushed on the ear. Our doorbell also started to ring on its own all the time, and the light in the hallway by my daughter's room would flicker. My husband changed the bulbs, but it continued. I tried to open the horse and take the batteries out, but it wouldn't even budge. My husband, who has Catholic upbringing, refused to even touch it. Anyway, this continued for quite some time, and no matter what protections or barriers that I put up, it persisted. I told my husband that it felt like a very playful energy, almost childlike. Well, that spring, we learned that I was expecting our second child, and it just got more intense. I joked with my other daughter that it was our spirit baby getting ready for her and for us. Oh, that's really cute. I know. Since our daughter was born last March, there's been zero activity. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm jealous. 
The doorbell has not rang, which was honestly constant at one point. The horse stopped so going off crazy. and the lights stopped flickering. The doorbell thing I especially because it's like, I'm coming. I, I want to enter like your house. Kid, like, <gasps> Stop. And it's also like, I, I just picture for some reason spirits who are ready to come back to earth uh-huh. and, and souls, those souls having so much more energy than maybe people that that weren't ready or like weren't mm-hmm. planning on coming back. So it makes sense that there was so much activity that it was like the lights flicker. There was That's so much power because they were about amazing. to re-enter a body. Right. She said, I truly believe that it was just our baby hanging out, getting a feel for the life that she was about to enter into and also giving her big sis a hard time while she could. <laughs> My second daughter has a stillium in Pisces and I can already tell that she has a very special connection to the other side. I suppose that's a story for another time, but thanks for all the spooky tales that you share and the love you pour into the pod. It radiates out. See you on the other side. Tay. That is incredible. I know. I'm in awe of that. For two years, they were having mm-hmm. these – and it all stopped. Right. It all – oh, my gosh. That is so freaking that, cool. That's the thing. Right. Like, the fact that it was like a Band-Aid rip, that it all just yeah. stopped. Like, how can you ignore that? That You know now that your youngest daughter yeah. was there. Because how else does it explain it? Okay, now I'm really curious. And she said, did say it was childlike. Yeah. I'm really curious now when Tay's daughter is like four-ish, if she'll remember mm-hmm. a past life and have – or have memory of ringing the doorbell, you know, like ha- like saying things like, how come you wouldn't let me in, mommy, or something like that. Right. Or like, oh, I used to – I remember when I played with this horse or something like that. I remember when I stayed in Sissy's closet and scared her at night. Yeah. Remember when I my bedroom was in Sissy's closet? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. Oh, I need so to stop swearing. Good. I don't know where I picked this up. Yeah. No, you know what? Amazing. I love I love it. I encourage it. Thank you. You well, do you. We do write. We check the little explicit box when we yeah. post our episodes because we never know. I mean, we're gonna, technically expl- explicit just from the name itself. So I uh, yeah. I think even if we were like singing sweet lullabies, we'd probably have to click explicit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's singing sweet lullabies would be really terrifying. Oh, twinkle, we should do one of those. Twinkle, how I wonder what you what you are. <laughs> oh, I've missed your demon voice. <sighs> okay, beautiful. I've been waiting to read this story, Corinne, and I've I've even made mention of it to you before. It's a little bit of a long one, but oh my gosh. Okay, ah! okay. <laughs> <laughs> it is called. Gotta, <sighs> yeah, let's settle in. It is called My Daughter's Past Life in the Victorian Era, and it's from our listener. I'm already obsessed. Elsie. Hello, amazing ladies. My name is Elsie, and my awesome paranormal-obsessed sister Heidi suggested your podcast a month ago, and my heart has never known such satisfaction. Unfortunately, my type A brain cannot skip ahead, so here I am anxiously at episode 31, and I just can't listen fast enough. Because I'm so far behind, I apologize if you've already done an episode about this topic. You guys, who cares if we've already done it? Just send everything. Send it. We repeat topics all the time. Oh, all the time. Okay. If anything, it's at least giving me an opportunity to finally write down this story before my terrible memory destroys it for no good reason. This story is about my four-year-old daughter, Nora, who has recently told me about her past life, and it is quite detailed. 
So cue the Anastasia soundtrack and let's get ready for this journey to the past. I have three children, each with their own unique quirks, and Nora is my adorable, mysterious middle. When she was two and three, she would say some random sentences that I thought were uncommon for kids that age to say. She would sometimes (laughs) call me mother, which I thought was a little too formal for my comfort. Also, she would often say, I'm a boy, mom. I'm a boy. And thinking her growing brain was just not grasping the male-female concept, I would usually respond with, well, actually, you're a girl, but of course you can be a boy if you want. Let's talk about it again in a few years. But one day, she was talking to her older sister, Harriet, and things got interesting. I didn't overhear the beginning of the conversation, but I did hear Nora respond, yeah, like when I was a boy. My interest suddenly peaked. I asked, when you were a boy? When was this? Speaking as casually as if talking about her morning bowel movement, Nora replied, before I came here to be with you, I was a boy. Then I died when I was eight. I went to heaven. And then I came here to be with you. Now, I'm not necessarily a skeptic. However, I do know my four-year-old has a very wild imagination. So I began to ask questions and I tried to stay open-minded. I asked, when you were a boy, did you have a mom and dad? Yes. Did they talk like we did or did they sound different? Uh, Sort of like us in English, I think. But I don't talk like that anymore. What sort of clothes did you wear? I wore boy clothes, but when I was a baby, I wore dresses. What kind of clothes did your mommy wear? T-shirts and jeans like me? No, she wore a dress that was really tight and crisscrossed in the middle and then put a big dress on top of that with a big bow and it was poofy on the bottom. At this point, I thought, hmm. That is very specific. How (laughs) would a child ever know that? Yeah. So she goes, at this point, I thought, hmm, okay, well, maybe Elsa or Anna could have influenced this easily, but I'll continue. What did your daddy wear? Casually, she answered, wedding clothes. But sometimes he wore a blue outfit with a blue hat and a gold metal eagle in the middle with its wings kind of up. And there were gold buttons down his front and he had big boots. Oof, okay, time for me to start recording this shit. I then proceeded to ask (laughs) many more questions over the course of the next few weeks without trying to bother her too much. She told me her name was Abby. And despite me saying that Abby was a girl's name, Nora was adamant that her name was Abby when she was a boy. Her dad's name was Crew, and she couldn't remember her mom's name, but she thought it sounded maybe like her current brother's name, which is Frank. She was also adamant that there were two boys and two girls, so she had two sisters and one brother. She thought her sister's name was Lily, but couldn't remember the names of the other children. She does have a friend at daycare named Lily, so I took that with a grain of salt. She said she wasn't the eldest, but she wasn't the youngest either. She also had two dogs. One was a small puppy. Her dad liked to wear his uniform and work on ships, and her mom liked to read books to people. And she said she could see the ocean every day from her house. At this point, I'm- Oh my God, (laughs) what a nice life. It's just so detailed. I want that. (laughs) Move back to California. Oh, no. Well, you can see the water. You can see the harbor. I can literally see the ocean from my apartment. But I want someone to read books to me. I am basically reading a book to you. That's true. That's true. You have a sweet life. get it once life. a week. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, I'm very interested, but still hesitant because I know that little shit could be pulling my leg. I asked her if she could draw her house for me, and she was so excited about that. She draws up some cute little squares where everyone slept and said that she slept with her brother in one big bed and her sisters slept in bunk beds. When I asked her where her mom and dad slept, she drew two beds. 
I asked if she meant to draw one bed, and she said, no, they slept in separate beds. And unless I left the History Channel on, I don't think there's a way she would have known that husbands and wives used to have separate beds. I did a quick Google search for when did couples sleep in separate beds, and the response was, for almost a century between the 1850s and 1950s, separate beds were seen as a healthier, more modern option for couples than the double. Honestly, I wouldn't mind if this trend came back. Anyway. (laughs) I think it is. I think so too. There are couples who do that. Anyway, I decided that if this was real – I was going to try to figure out the date when my daughter was a boy named Abby. And right now, I've got it narrowed down to a century between 1850 and 1950. So, since women's fashion is most notable over the years, I made a collage of women's clothing styles through the decades and a second collage of women's hairstyles through those decades between the 1800s and 1950s. I didn't put dates on the pictures just in case she could read them, even though she can't read, but now I'm second-guessing everything. So I asked her to point to what her mommy used to wear and how her hair used to look. She looked at both collages for a while and picked out 1870s clothing and 1880s hairstyles. Still thinking this could be a pretty big coincidence, I asked her if she lived in the United States, and she nods yes. Then I asked her if she knew who the president was, and I mean she does recognize Trump, but who doesn't? So maybe if there was another notable president in her era, she would maybe remember him? And she nods her head again, and I pull up a poster of the U.S. presidents. She studies it for a long time and then points confidently at Ulysses S. Grant, who served from 1869 to 1877. He was most known. Oh, my God. Are you freaking shitting me? Why is there not like a book and a movie? I know. This girl needs to do something. (laughs) This is incredible. And there's more. detail. There's so much more. Oh, gosh. This is wild. Wow. Ulysses S. Grant was most known for being commanding general of the Union Army before his presidency, and according to Nora, her dad was a huge fan of his. Just to confirm that this isn't an insane coincidence, I waited a week and showed Nora a poster of the president again, but picked a different poster with a different character caricature style. She studied it the same way and sure as shit points to Grant once again and slowly rolls her eyes at me and says, Mom, I already told you it was him. After I picked my jaw <laughs> up off the floor, I brought in a map of the United States and asked if she could point out which state she lived in. Again, she is four, so I thought this might be a long shot, but what the hell. She picked out Grant twice, so why not a state? So she starts to point her finger at towards Minnesota, but then retracted and said, no, 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 that's where I live now. I lived in the roundish one. Here, this one, and slams her finger on Maine. Maine, I ask? She smiles brightly. Yes, Maine. And I ask, do you remember what city or town in Maine? And she says, um, east. So I bring up a map of Maine and ask her to point to where she thought it might have been. Her tiny little finger circles an area on the bay And right smack dab under her finger is frickin' Eastport, Maine. Oh my god! (laughs) We live in Minneapolis. This is incredible. I know. And have never been to- And also Maine is beautiful. And beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) We live in Minneapolis and have never been to or talked about Maine. I researched the history of Eastport and it is a cute little port city of a couple thousand residents with gorgeous ocean views. They were known for building clipper ships and being the easternmost city in the United States right on the Canadian border. So this is nuts. 
My daughter was a boy around the 1870s and 1880s and lived in Eastport, Maine with two sisters and a brother. So now, curious about her name, I went on a few baby name websites to look up the name Abby. And guess what? Abby was a popular boy's name back in 1850 to 1900, usually as a nickname for Abner. What the fuck? After I read that, I had a flashback to when Nora's sister Harriet was teaching her to write with her name. Nora would always say, my name starts with an A, and Harriet would say, no, Nora ends with an A. It starts with an N, and then Nora would always storm off frustrated and scream, no, it starts with an A. Ignorant me just chalked it up to dyslexia. We started to notice so many other instances where she could verify the lifestyles of the 1800s. Probably the creepiest was when the kids got a marble set for Christmas, which included plastic connector pieces to create towers for the marbles to go down. Nora especially loved this, so I asked if she played with marbles when she was a boy, to which she responded, yes, but the marbles didn't look like this, and we didn't have this stuff, her hands waving over the plastic connector pieces. We would sit on the floor with a big circle and try to flick the marbles like this into the circle to bounce other marbles out of the circle. There was one big marble and other smaller marbles. She just sat there and taught us all how to play marbles, the original marbles. Here were some other- I am shocked that she remembers the details. <laughs> all of these details. Like that. Yes. Here are some other what the this fuck is incredible. One day while talking about horses, she told us about how she used to ride horses, but her mom and sisters had to ride side saddle because they were ladies and they had such poofy dresses. She also talked about swimming at a pool and her swimsuit was long shorts but came up and over her shoulders too. Later, when we were having milk one day, she told us how her milk came in glass jars in Maine, not jugs, and she didn't get it at the store, but a nice milkman would drop it off at her front door. When I asked her what kind of food she liked to eat, she said, French food, and then described a warm sandwich pie with crumbly meat inside, which I'm assuming is minced meat, which, or... There's a, I don't know how to say this, portière, which according to Google is a very traditional French Canadian food. Of course, because Eastport is next door neighbors to Canada. Then there was a story about how she fell down and lost three teeth and she pointed to the three teeth she lost. She has not lost any teeth yet in this life. When I asked her about her school, she said it was white with a bell on the outside and inside there were three classrooms with older kids too. I looked up the historical school of Eastport, and it only had one classroom. However, in 1875, when there was rapid growth in the small town, the school was renovated to hold three classrooms and included upper-level students. Oh my god. There's no doubt in my mind, and even my skeptical husband's mind, that she actually has memories of these experiences from the 1800s. I recently asked her- How can you be skeptical? She just taught you- I'm like spitting. I'm. She just taught you about an entire life, an entire time period, an entire town that you never heard of. Honestly, most Americans mm-hmm. think Maine is a different country. They don't know where it is or that it's a state. So the fact that she's five know. years old. Four. Four. Oh my God. Like what the? You can't. Like she. I'm flustered. I know. Okay. They need to go on a family <laughs> vacation there and just have her take them around and do a tour. Give them a tour. Town. I know. And then look, invite us. So we I can just go. record see. it. Yeah. 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 Or just like quietly creep as they tour around as a family. Just be a fly on the wall. Eavesdrop. Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
I recently asked her if she remembered how and when she died because I thought maybe, just maybe, I could find an actual person related to this. When I first asked Nora how she died, she was very reserved and didn't want to talk about it. So I didn't push it until one day she decided to tell me. She said she was eight years old, standing in the living room, and the chandelier fell on top of her and her puppy that she was holding. She pointed to her tummy and said, something in here broke and the doctor couldn't fix it, and she and her puppy died. I said, oh, I'm so sorry, Nora. Your family must have been really sad. She got really somber and said, yes, but they put a candle on a plate and it floated it in the ocean for me and it made me really happy. I stayed and watched them until they died when they were old. Harriet said, oh, cool. So you were a ghost in your house? And Nora got so offended and said, no, I was not a ghost. I was an angel, a beautiful angel. I said, oh, my God. Oh, this is killing me. I know. This is so sweet. Oh. Uh, Why do I have tears in my eyes? Why am I crying? I know. (laughs) This is like the most beautiful story I've ever heard. I know. And there's more. There's so much more. Okay. I spent a few days trying to figure out exact dates and realized she was more willing to talk about her death when we were having a midnight snack before bed. Yes, she totally manipulated me, but it it was worth it. Side note. (laughs) Because I will be talking about actual people I found on Ancestry.com and findagrave.com, I thought it would be best to slightly change names and dates because I don't want to offend any living relatives in any way. So when I asked her if she remembered her birthday, she easily rattled off January 21st, which is not her current birthday. Then she said she died in the spring of 1889. So knowing she died when she was eight, I wanted to test her a little to see if she could pick out her birth year. I said, were you born in 1883? No. 82? No. 81? Yes. 80? No, mom. I said 81. 81. Clearly, I'm in deep now, so I neglected my paying job responsibilities for a few days. I hope my boss does not listen to this podcast. I paid for a (laughs) month's subscription to Ancestry.com and all related sites and spent some long hours doing research. I did a search for the whole state of Maine in case he was born outside of Eastport and searched for an Abner born on January 21st, 1881, died in 1889. The search brought up about 50 hits, not bad. There were only a handful of Abners as a first name, and the dates ranged close to those dates Nora listed, but not exactly. Most of them sadly had died in fires. One Abner was born in Portland in 1880 and died in Washington County in 1888, but the death certificate said died from eating poison berries. Sad, but not my Mm. Abner. The rest of the Abners were middle names. Eventually, I reached one that stuck out to me. He was born in January 1881 and died in April, spring of 1889. This was the only Abner with those exact dates, and guess which city he was born and died in? Eastport, Maine. His full name. (laughs) (laughs) Sabrina, you and I have had reincarnation as a topic before, and we have found ones that are like, this is the most detailed case of reincarnation you'll ever hear. This is. This is. This is. This is. What you're reading right now. This is. (laughs) His full name was Frank Abner Cook. Remember how they said that the mom's name was Frank or something like that? Okay. The parents' names were different from what Nora recalled, but they were originally born in Canada and the dad was in the Civil War and enlisted in the Navy. This was all starting to align, except I noticed on the mother's death certificate that she had 10 children. So I thought that was the end of the line and all that searching was for nothing. 
However, when I looked at the dates, there were only four children alive when Frank Abner lived and died. Two girls and two boys. Chills. Unfortunately, the death certificate had said cause of death unmarked, but I guess death by chandelier might be an uncommon thing to indicate. The four children's mm-hmm. names were Harry, Frank, Lillian, and Martha. So she was right about Lily, and ironically and sort of eerily, my other two children's names are Harriet, who we call Harry occasionally, and Frank. I mean, what are the chances? The dad was Adam. Seriously. But he was a crew member of multiple ships, and he worked in the harbor after his time in the Navy. So maybe that's where the name crew came from. The grandfather's name was also Frank, so perhaps Frank Jr. went by Abner or Abby instead. All of this is, of course, speculation, but so many things seem to make sense that I find it almost hard not to believe. Even her daycare teachers have told me that she is not a normal toddler. In her recent report card, they wrote, Nora seems to be taking it all in. She is so patient and kind and has the best posture. I swear she is an old soul. Well, little do they know how right they are. Wow. When she was an infant, her nickname at daycare was Clumsy Cherub. She would always run into things and her crawling was the most awkward thing I've ever seen. It was as if she was angry she had to crawl and just wanted to stand up. She'd slam her hands on the floor and try to go as fast as she could. I guess her old soul was frustrated being stuck in such a little body again. One last creepy thing. The day she was born, I, I had don't this think these are creepy. I think this is the freaking best. fantastic. Yeah. The day she was born, I had this overwhelming feeling that she would die young and tragically. It was such a strong feeling that I even told my husband. He brushed it off as just that natural protective mommy feeling, but I never had that with mm-hmm. my other kids. The feeling eventually went away, and after hearing these stories from Nora, I wonder if instead of a premonition, I was just feeling residual energy from her past life. At least that's what I hope. Whether this was all just a crazy coincidence, an elaborate tale from a creative toddler, or an actual past life, I have been blown away and have learned a lot of history along the way. Not to mention, our family will be going to Maine for a family vacation, and maybe we will learn a little more than we originally planned from our tiny tour guide. I hope you both enjoyed this story. I know it's not usually what you talk about. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. Um, Yes. Thanks for reading. P.S. I included Nora's drawings of her past family for shits and giggles. Enjoy. Sincerely, Elise. Look at this photo. Oh my God. The costumes. And the dogs. That's like not, that's not how anyone today would draw their family. Clothing wise. Amazing. Truly. I can't believe Elise, until she, like her child was sitting on all this information and it just took Elise asking like one time to hear more information. And now she's gotten all of this. Like her kid was just like, la la la. And it just happened because Elise was overhearing there. Because she, because Elise overheard a conversation between Nora and Harriet and was like, wait, I'm sorry, when you were a boy, what do you mean? Yeah. This is truly incredible. It's so incredible. When did, when did we get this email? I'm wondering if they already took their trip Back to in Maine. February. Okay. So two months ago. We should check in. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we, I, yeah, I wonder when their trip is because if it hasn't happened yet, we need a live feed for everyone. To, Seriously. When Nora's walking through Eastport, are you kidding me? There's no way that they don't get more information yes. from Nora. No way. During that trip. Like I'm sure things are – the fact that she remembers the details of how to play marbles – like, yes, other stuff is going to come flooding back. And this I mean, is truly incredible. It's so 
I don't even know where to begin because there's just so many things. Like, and the fact that Elise has been able to verify and find the ancestry.com stuff, it's, I mean, I there's truly no way for little Nora, past life Abby, to know any of this unless right. it was a real past life. And it is 100%. I have no doubt in my mind. Oh, there's literally, how could you just prove this? Everything has been proven, backed up by yes. research and also just the amount of accuracy and detail time and time and time and time again. The probability yeah. of all of those guesses being right when telling her story, Nora's t- retelling of her life as Abby, that's impossible. It's, oh, I'm so You probably have like obsessed. just as much of a chance of getting hit and killed by a comet on planet Earth as you do getting this many things accurate in a row as a four-year-old child. Can we interview Nora? I just I am, want – Can we – I know. We, we should like, do our – Something needs to come of this. We should do our child episode on campfire stories and have Nora come on. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. That's such a good idea <laughs> if if they'll allow it. Elise, we will be in I touch. I love it. Our people we will, will call your people, a.k.a. you and I, Corinne. Yeah. We'll talk to you, Elise. Someone needs to get just, this kid a, a ma- an agent. Literally, though. Like, this could be so many things. This could – book deals, yes. TV and movies, like documentaries. Like this is incredible. Incredible. We get to live right now at the same time that Nora does. Isn't that awesome? Like if you think about like previous stories where like we do the research and those people who had these stories and incredible right. retellings, like we didn't get to experience it live. Yeah. But we're experiencing this live right now. Right. And I wonder how long – because I feel like all the stories we've done research of – they at some point forgot their past lives. You know, they get they mm-hmm. reach an age where they no right. longer remember it. So we're we're living it with Nora. And I'm curious at what point I just oh I want her to hold on to it forever. And I know I know that probably won't happen, but I just want to right. continue to experience yeah. it. Mm. And also the fact that Harriet was like, You were a ghost. She was like, No, I was an angel. I was a beautiful, a beautiful angel. angel. Number one, it's beautiful. And number two, I was thinking too, because obviously Abby's or Nora's past life, the most recent one was Abby, uh-huh. according to her retelling. Yeah. And before we learned that fact, I was like, huh. Like I was just thinking, like, I wonder what the average amount of time, like the average duration I know. is for spirits to like reincarnate. And I never considered that spirits would wait until all of their family has passed before Ugh. considering coming back. It never crossed my mind. But we heard it here from Abby. We heard it here. Slash Nora. And it, yeah, I mean, we've talked, I think we talked about this when we did the the last reincarnation episode not too long ago of mm-hmm. it is, it does vary. I mean, the the family that I did, they were instantly reincarnated into the same family. But in mm-hmm. Abby's instance, it was reincarnated, what, almost, I don't math, like almost 150 years later, you know? Right. So it just, yeah, you don't know, there's, there's no rhyme or reason or, but there probably is, but we just don't understand it because- because oh, it's fake. There's got to be there's got to be some additional connection because like at least was saying she named her other children names yeah that Frank were also and Harry yeah right that were yeah, in maybe there Nora's is a connection family I feel like there's got to be right oh Elise you should ask if you were part of Abby's past life 
Yeah, if she'll remember. Or like, what if it's one of those things where like maybe Elise was a grandparent or something yeah. that maybe Abby never met? Because or it's one not of, like people were. It sounds like taking plane flights. Well, it also sounds like Abby's mom in that past life had ten children and only four of them really survived. So it could have, you know, they could have passed each other in that way. Maybe they were, yeah, they were. Siblings. Maybe they were siblings. Wow, there's got to be something because it's just it's too spooky. Like all of the connections there. And how strong she felt giving birth to Nora, like I know, like absorbing that story. I was a beautiful angel. I was a beautiful wow. angel. Oh my god, this is incredible! I'm so glad you read it. I'm so glad. We I've been holding on to it for so long. I know. Oh, it's so oh. good. So good. Unreal. So good. So good. Oh wow. <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What do you have? Woken up by a creepy ass doppelganger. Oh. Oh my gosh. This is from Cass. Okay. Okay. Hey, Corinne, Sabrina, and Ghost. I'm Cass. I might lose my cool like DMX if you read this because I'm a huge fan of the podcast and the campfire stories. This encounter happened just a month ago. My fiance was ill with COVID and we have a guest room and a bathroom in the basement. So he was staying down there to not risk getting me sick too. After his symptoms started to subside, we talked about hanging out again, but figured we'd play it safe and just wait it out just a couple more days. Hang out again. Do you want to hang out with me? Yeah, like hey, you live together. <laughs> Do you want to hang? <laughs> oh, so <laughs> just a couple more days of delivering medicine, ramen, and mac and cheese, his favorite comfort foods. Ooh, <laughs> me yum! Too, to the outside of the guest room door. I missed him, but we could do it. It was kind of creepy being in the house without seeing him because he was downstairs. I could obviously sense a presence, but we couldn't really visit. For some reason, I peek spooked during this time. Of course, I was playing the pod like I always do, but something in the air felt off and a little darker than usual. Oh, no. The presence I was sensing felt very heavy, despite him being in fairly good spirits. We made the decision to wait it out a couple more days in the early afternoon, and then that night I was laying in bed alone. We have no pets, and it was very quiet in the house. I just rolled onto my side to cuddle up and try to doze off when I felt what seemed like the small pressure points on the bed beside me. Oh, no. Like when a cat walks on the bed while you're on it, and you can feel their little paws taking steps near you. This made me roll over, and I saw my fiancé standing beside <gasps> the bed. No. He was smiling. Oh. His arms were straight out, angled down towards the mattress. His hands and fi- – I think she meant – I don't know if she meant to say fingers, but it wrote fingies. <laughs> 
His hands and fingies were extended, and his fingertips pressed into the mattress. Picture someone standing and playing piano with straight arms. Oh, I don't know why someone would play piano like that, but that was the posture. That was what it was like. I noticed his arms and hands looked longer than usual, and his grin was mischievous. Oh, no. Initially, I thought it was him being a freaking weirdo per (laughs) usual, cutting his quarantine time short, getting ready to just climb into bed with me and maybe just to say hi. I remember not feeling scared, but more confused. So I laughed at him and I said, what are you doing? And he's this kind of prankster and likes to make me laugh. So I didn't think much of it in the moment. And I was so close to being asleep that I just said kind of whatever and rolled back over and I passed out. The next morning, I woke up to an empty spot beside me and I called him on his phone. I asked, why did you come into the bedroom last night acting all weird? I could hear confusion in his voice and he said that he hadn't come into the room. He'd never come upstairs. He's not really into the paranormal stuff like I am, but even he was freaked out by this. (laughs) I know what I saw and what I experienced. I hadn't fallen asleep yet and I wasn't quite in that space between wake and sleep where weird-ish goes down. I was totally aware. I genuinely thought it was him. I did some doppelganger research and learned that they can be a terrible omen. And since he was really sick, Albay on the mend, I was very on edge about the whole thing. Needless to say, I saged the hell out of the house, including the room that he was staying in. I said protection and banishing spells and told whatever the heck it was to not come back into our home. It was not welcome. I even went as far as to sprinkle salt around the entire exterior of our house to protect it from any negative energies. The next day, the energy felt balanced again. I did not feel that weird presence like I had the day before, and my fiancé had made a full recovery. I remained healthy, and all things are good. Sometimes you just got to tell these spooky entities to F off. Thanks for creating such an amazing community of folks. I love what you do and always get super fired up whenever there's a new episode. Much love and light, Cass. That is so unsettling. And ugh, ugh, the mischievous smile. Ew, like – it, like this is what it's doing. Like this is what I'm picturing. Like, like yes. Like kind of like yeah. It's so creepy. It's literally oh, oh. Gives me the heebie-jeebies to think about. I, Which, it doesn't help that he was a prankster because then you're like, right. okay, like that's weird and creepy. But like, ha ha ha. And at least she didn't find out in that moment at night that it wasn't him because right. I would. I mean, if yeah. I were Cass, I would never sleep. Again, she was just tired enough to ignore right. it. Yeah. Yeah. But to find out in the morning, like, hey, what the heck were you doing for him to be like, what do you mean? I never left. Right. I was never up there. It's just so doppelgangers. too long. I know. Doppelgangers always just freak me out because it's like, one, w- regardless of what it is, it is it, it's terrifying to think that something out there has the ability to mimic anyone. Mm-hmm. And so physically, like – it's one thing if you, you know, see someone pass by a shadowy type of figure, right. but for for whatever this entity is, to have the ability to fully form as someone else. Right. To the point where right. you think it's And for it's like a them. solid period of yeah. time. This is reminding me of, do you remember, I think it was like probably two or three years ago at this point, when we read another listener's email about another doppelganger be I think it was mimicking their dad and people would like go out to bars like this doppelganger like lived an entire life oh as him oh I thought it was a like girl who like multiple people would come up to her to talk or maybe to her, it was and she was like I don't know you and they're like yes you do right I, I, I just don't just get like what they want separate twins separated at, at birth. birth who didn't I know just for like 
orbited each other. But yeah, super freaky. And it's also, it's like a little disconcerting that it makes me feel like there was a spirit, like a dark energy already around and was just waiting for the opportunity to push in. Because the fact that like as soon as they separated, as soon as he went downstairs, Mm -hmm. as soon as he wasn't feeling well and Cass was alone. There was a dark shit started happening. Yeah. Right. But it's just like, what do you, what do they want? What are they? I don't know. What are they getting at? Yeah, like, what's the point? What does this do for you? Yeah. The age-old question that we want to ask demons, but we don't want to be so close to demons to actually be able to ask them that. Well, so, some, uh, some people Do you have a demon? Might. Are you haunted by a demon? Ask, ask your demons. We'll, we'll create a list ask of questions demon. for the demons. <laughs> uh, uh, I feel like that would almost be inviting the demons to come answer them from us, which, no, thank but you. But I do want the answers, so. Yeah. Okay, I have a story, and it's called Something Crawls on My Bed, Hi Mama, Invitation to Play. Hey, Ghostesses, I've just recently found your podcast, and I love it. Back in 1994, my parents bought their first house in a little suburban pocket of Southern California and moved in with my two older sisters. A year later, I was born. Each member of our little family of five has their own story to tell about experiences in our house, but here are just a few. Now, when I was younger, I was deeply terrified of my childhood bedroom. Truthfully, I'm still terrified to this day. I have vivid memories of being dreadfully afraid of bedtime because I knew I would be alone in my shared bedroom because my older sister was in high school and stayed up later than me and that I wouldn't be safe. After my mom would tuck me in for the night and close the door, I would quickly pull my blanket up over my head and bury my head beneath the pillow, leaving only the tiniest pocket exposed so that I could breathe. Although I felt sufficiently hidden, it was never enough to stop the experiences from happening. This is so sad. I know. This is really awful. (laughs) I would be laying alone in the dark. The creaky bedroom door my mom had closed on her way out would remain shut So I knew there was no other living person in the room with me or I would have heard them enter. And then dread would rush over me and I would feel like someone was standing right at the edge of my bed, staring directly down at me. I never saw anything, but the presence felt like a male child. Other times there was something else in the room. I would feel the edge of the bed sink down as if someone had just sat down next to where my body lay. Sometimes it would just sit and I'd eventually drift off to sleep. But sometimes this thing would choose to be more animated and terrifying. I would feel it start at the edge of my bed with the mattress sinking below the weight of its hands and then its full body weight slowly crawling up the bed, making its way up to me. It would crawl at least halfway up and I would be tucked away in my blanket pillow fortress, shutting my eyes and breathing as quietly as possible, saying little prayers in my head until again, I would eventually drift off into sleep. I never awoke with bruises or scratch marks that I can remember, but I can tell you that thing never felt friendly. To this day, anyone who enters that room in the house has the same thing to say about it. The room feels heavy. Here's one story from my mom and my sister centered around me, but really about someone or something else. For anonymity purposes, I'll refer to my sister as Alyssa and myself as Marie. Apparently, when I was around three or four years old, I would wake up every morning and run down the hallway from my bedroom into our living room. I would plop myself down on the couch and wait for my mom to bring me chocolate milk before it was time to get ready for preschool. One morning, my mom and Alyssa were in the kitchen getting ready for the work slash school day. Our house is pretty small and cozy, so 
The distance from the kitchen to the living room is short. As they were in the kitchen making lunches for the day, both my mom and Alyssa swear that they would hear a little girl's voice, who they thought was me, say from the living room, Hi, Mama. My mom, trying to get three kids out the door to school, sighed when she realized I was up earlier than usual. She quickly made some Mm. chocolate milk for me and asked Alyssa, go give this to your sister. My sister walked the short distance from the kitchen into the living room, and when she got to the couch, she looked around confused, came back into the kitchen and said, Mom, Marie isn't in the living room. My mom, in a rush to get ready, said she'd go check my bedroom to see where I could have wandered off to. But that is when my mom found me still tucked in bed, sound asleep. Both my mom and my sister say it's one of the creepiest things that have happened to them in our house and they have no explanation for it to the day. Here's the most recent one that happened. Sidebar before the story. I rarely check the time on my phone when I sleep in my parents' house because every single time I wake up in the middle of the night at their house, it's always around 3 a.m. So I've just learned not Mm. to check the time because it freaks me out even more. So this summer, I was in between living situations and moved back in with my parents for a short period of time. On one of my first nights back in my old childhood home, Something peculiar happened. I had been fast asleep, but had been woken up out of my sleep for no apparent reason. I awoke to dead silence and immediately felt uneasy as I laid there in bed as still as a statue, afraid to move. As I said, I rarely check my phone when I sleep at my parents' house. But on this particular night, I was looking for something to distract me from the uneasy feeling that was brewing. I broke my stillness and grabbed my phone. And of course, the time glowing on the screen was 2.59 a.m. I brushed it off and scrolled through social media for a few minutes, taking my mind off the feeling. After maybe five minutes, I rested my phone beside me on the mattress and decided it was time to go back to bed. I laid in my bed for a few minutes, eyes closed, when I heard something very tiny drop against the hardwood floor. It sounded like it came from outside the hallway into my bedroom. The sense of unease I had previously tried to tame bubbled back up and turned into pure fear. I immediately squeezed my already shut eyes as if this would give me more protection and decided I would not engage with whatever I had just heard. I will not investigate what that sound was. I should pretend I didn't hear it, I said to myself. I thought about the happiest memory I could and I must have drifted off into sleep. The next morning when I woke up, it felt safer to be curious. I peered off my bed onto the floor and that's when I saw it. A tiny pebble just laying in the middle of the floor close to the bedroom door. I got out of bed, picked it up in my hand, and then dropped it on purpose to hear if it made a similar sound to the one I had heard last night. It did. I then realized the spot where I had found it was so strange. It was as if someone had thrown it underneath the small gap in my bedroom door from the hallway. Pebble in hand, I went out into the hallway, closed the bedroom door behind me, crouched down, and tossed the pebble underneath the gap in the door into the bedroom and listened as it made the eerily similar sound from the night prior. The reenactment of this action made me realize how playful it was. Immediately, I thought this was an invitation to play. I don't know what to make of it. All I know is it was a peculiar thing to have happen. Like, where the fuck did this pebble even come from? I am so glad I didn't roll out of bed around 3 a.m. to engage. See you on the other side from a spooky podcast listener. That is, I mean, really sad, really <laughs> scary. Just the whole thing. It, it's like the fear of ever yeah. falling asleep and being in bed and constantly feeling I know, like something's around you or something's going to attack. Like To wake up in the middle of the night and notice that it's always the same time. To have a pebble oh, like, thrown at you basically to try to – like what even is that? Is it a child that's like, oh, I just want to play know. and this is what's available to me? 
but there's but also the something fear, weird, the fear, kind of like a yeah. If there was no like feeling little of fear, like come chase the pebble, get a little closer. Yeah, I don't like that. You know, like I also drawing them in. Wonder if they're still sleeping, and I hope not in the same childhood bedroom. Mm. But it does sound like there's an entity that has latched on to or taken a fascination and a liking to our this listener because the way that they describe the entity at the edge of the bed crawling on top of her. Yeah. And then sitting, it's the it's the old hag. That's what uh. it sounds like. Remember, like the, the story, and then it like it crawls up your body, and then just perches and sits on your chest. Don't that's like what it sounds it. like. I know. And then kind of similar yeah. doppelganger situation where it's like something is also mimicking her or was when she was a kid. Hi, mama. Mm-hmm. Hi, mama. That happened to my mom a lot. Really, when my brother and I were growing up. Yeah, often she would hear mom or mom from our rooms. And go in and we either were like dead asleep or we're not anywhere near that part of the house. Oh my gosh. She was always being summoned to our rooms by mom. It is interesting. It makes you wonder. Is Your child at home sounds like- scary. <laughs> yeah. But like was it a was it another child? Was it a doppelganger? <sighs> was it like residual energy where you just like say hi mama or like mom enough times where it I have no idea. The energy in the space just kind of gets stained and repeats. That I prefer. I prefer that one. But just based on how many other things are happening in this house, I feel like there's something malicious to it. Yeah. I don't know. Right. That would make sense. Because it doesn't seem like there's anything sweet about any of the activity. Like it's pretty heavy. Very taunting. Not into it. I mean, into the story, but don't want that to (laughs) happen to them anymore. That's I know. That's a hard thing to deal with. I know. Yeah. Scary. All right. (laughs) This is from Jordan. And it's called Ghost Cats, Trees with Bad Vibes, and Maybe Now I'm Haunted? Well, there's a lot in this one. I already love it. Uh, There's so much going on. Hi, ladies. I've only recently started listening to your podcast after my friend Katie recommended it to me. Listening to your stories has become the highlight of my long commutes during a difficult time in my life where I don't have a steady home environment. But she's trying to apologize for the length of this, which we've said it a million times. No matter the length of your email, three sentences or 30 paragraphs, never apologize. Never apologize. We asked for it. We love it. (laughs) Love it all. We love it. We do. Okay. (laughs) To start... I've always loved the paranormal and have been fascinated by the ideas of ghosts and being open to sensitive and being open or sensitive to spirits. As I have learned more about the paranormal, I've come to believe that I may be more sensitive to spirits than others and am a very strong empath, which has made for some crazy experiences. The first one I can remember was a strange, immense pull to stop at a local cemetery near my childhood home when I was maybe six or seven years old. I asked my mom to stop and pull into the lot in front of the small Baptist church and cemetery, and I got out of the car and I went to the gate of the cemetery. It felt odd as I got closer, but it wasn't until I touched the fence that I really reacted. I felt like I got punched by feelings of immense sadness and pain, and I became very, very cold. Oh. I started to cry. My mom didn't understand what was going on, so I made up some excuse for her. And when I let go of the fence, that feeling faded away. Needless to say, I do not touch cemetery fences anymore. (laughs) The main story starts in fifth grade. Also, I just did like the weirdest thing. I meant to like lick my lips, but I like (laughs) like this and then started talking. And I was like, that has got to look so weird. (laughs) 
I just have to call out. I didn't call notice it. it. I'm sorry. I didn't notice it at all. <laughs> the main story. <laughs> Ugh, gross. Okay. Uh, I hate tongues too. Like that's the other people like hate feet or other things. Tongues give me the heebie-jeebies. Not into it. Just tongues. cut them all Put your off. Tongue in your mouth. Yeah. No thanks. <laughs> I do. I never want to look at my tongue again. Okay. The main the main story starts in fifth grade for me. I had a cat for the first time in my life, and she meant the world to me. Her name was Janie, and I found her in the backyard when I was trying to find my brother. Yes, I came home with a cat instead of my brother. <laughs> Janie was very attached to me Aww. and would sleep with me at night and massage or make biscuits on my back Aww. at night. Cute. Until she would fall asleep. It became a nightly ritual for us. Fast forward a few months, and I suddenly lost her to feline i'm oh pan pan leukopenia i don't know what that is but it sounds i don't know awful sad i don't know but i'm sure it was that's horrible to go through yeah and i was completely distraught a few nights after she passed i woke up in the middle of the night to the sound of purring and the feeling of paws kneading on my back I was still groggy, and I told Jeannie to stop before reality hit me, and I remembered that she had passed. I sat up in bed and still heard the purring next to me. Even in the dark, I could see and feel these little paws walk across my bed over my legs to get to the corner of the bed near the door. Oh, my god! I heard a soft thump like a cat jumping onto the floor, and then the purring faded out into the doorway. (sighs) I took it as Jeannie telling me goodbye and letting me know that she was okay. That is beautiful. After this, so beautiful. I hope that happens to you with Leia. I hope she never leaves you. I hope she just never she's dies. forever. I hope she's a vampire yeah, witch kitty. <laughs> yeah, oh, I wish that for you too. That would be great. <laughs> okay. After this, I was convinced ghosts were real and I could communicate with them. Spoiler alert, I was also obsessed with watching Ghost Whisperer and Ghost Hunters. Me too. One day after Jeannie visited, I was outside playing wall ball by myself when I got the feeling that I was being watched. I looked up the road of my cul-de-sac and I saw this man with red hair and a pink shirt standing at the next cul-de-sac that intersected mine. I didn't think much of it and I looked back to the side of my house when I saw the man now standing in my garage between my my parents' cars. Now, if that wasn't enough to give Corinne chills, <laughs> his shirt wasn't pink like I thought. It was a white shirt with blood splatter oh, covering oh. it and his face. Now I have chills. What? I'm unwell. I was taken aback when I blinked and he was gone. So I just decided it was time to go inside. And yes, I went through the garage. <laughs> oh. No. Okay. I had to grab Leia. Yeah. Grab Leia. Have your protection, kitty. Now it gets worse from here. My childhood friend also believed in ghosts, and he and I decided to play ghost hunters outside at my house. We were wandering around claiming to feel cold spots or different energy around us and eventually split up. This was the first bad decision because as soon as we split up, I felt a draw towards these two trees that lined the break between my backyard and a huge swatch of woods. Most of the break line was normal trees and brush, except for this one spot with two distinct Arizona cypress trees right next to each other with a tiny space between them. So my next bad decision was to follow this draw like I did with the cemetery and walk up and through these two odd trees, even though Mm. part of me was screaming that something was wrong. Uh, I immediately am thinking of Outlander, like just sucked into another time. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as I stepped through the trees, I'm still not sure what happened. I was still in the woods in my backyard, but it felt different and foreign. 
I was frozen in place and I could hear only screaming whirling around my whole body. Stop. Then I heard the sound of hoof beats headed for me and turned just enough to see this hazy black hooded figure riding full speed on a black Stop. horse at me. Stop. This is like Outlander. I, right? I still couldn't move and I felt like whatever it was was focused on me. Before this terrifying horseman reached me, my friend called out my name and it broke whatever trance or paralysis that I had experienced. Whoa. As soon as it broke, the horseman, the screaming, the cold paralysis, all was gone and I ran out of the woods. We went back to the front yard sure. and I didn't tell my friend what happened. He left me alone again and I felt this rush of cold air come up from behind me. And this was in the middle of summer in North Carolina. And a creepy voice whispered in my in my ear, he's here. <gasps> Stop. <And then> <laughs> It was gone. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. I tried to brush this off as an overactive imagination, but two days later, the figure came back. I was laying in bed in the morning with the light coming through all of the windows when I felt watched again. I looked at the front of my bed and the hooded figure was there again and I froze. I shut my eyes and I kept repeating that nothing was there. Nothing was there. I was fine. And all I can assume is that I shut my connection to the paranormal that morning because I didn't have any other paranormal experiences until last year. That's wild. Wow. There's a lot going this on in this part, neighborhood or in the woods. And, yeah, seriously. Yeah. I've also never seen a neighborhood with two cul-de-sacs that intersect. So I would like to just see that. <laughs> I'm trying to picture I know I was how it's laid that. out. Yeah. We'll need a map. Okay. This next part, yes. This next part, I want to give warning for all as – I talk about extreme mental health issues and depression. Beginning in middle school, I started suffering from depression but didn't want to admit it to myself. And I didn't start counseling until I was 22, and I didn't start medication until I was almost 26. As I was growing up and dealing with this growing depression, I always liked to draw and write poetry, and one theme was consistent. I always imagined and described my depression as a cold, terrifying, hooded man in black. Oh. Whenever I feel extremely depressed or have a complete mental breakdown – I felt like that hooded man was resting cold hands on my shoulders and leaning over my back. Catching on yet? Oh Fast forward to last year during the pandemic, my cat Dolce, Dolce, pictured for tax attachment. Oh, Can you see that's that? a sweet kitty. Sweet kitty. Need to turn my brightness up. That was not great. Here, here's a brighter one. Maybe it's not that much brighter. <laughs> okay, that's okay. Okay, that's better. Oh, Dolce. There we go. We needed Dolce to get, get, get her moment. This. Yeah. Okay. Fast forward to last year during the pandemic, my cat Dolce became very sick very suddenly and crossed the rainbow bridge. Oh, I did not take it well and I remembered when Jeannie visited me, so I opened myself up again in hopes of getting a visit from Dolce. But unfortunately, that's not what visited me. Oh, no. Within a few days of her passing, I started having nightmares and when I was home alone, I heard things in my apartment. The first time, it sounded like some something like glass crashing on the floor in my kitchen. But when I ran in from the bedroom, there was nothing there. Then I was in my spare room when it sounded like a huge rock hit the glass on my window, but nothing was there. And there's a screen that would have stopped anything from hitting my window. It kept getting worse, and it was almost my lack of response that was upsetting whenever it was. But it wasn't until I was sitting at my desk and I heard something hit the wall right next to my head hard that I finally lost it. It was like the sound of someone throwing something at the wall or smacking it no. with an open hand in anger. Hate that. Now, I do live in an apartment, but this wall was to the outside of the building, and I live on the third floor. 
The sound was oh. also heard by my dog, who sat up and stared at the wall, too. I was terrified after that and felt like something truly evil was trying to torture me while I was vulnerable, and I flashed back to what I saw when I was a kid, and I shut down the emotional barrier again to protect myself. As soon as I did this, the dark energy went away and all the activity stopped. At this point, all I can think is that whatever I saw as a kid attached itself to me, but can only impact me when I'm emotionally weak. Oh. So there's my freaky tales of ghost cats. Maybe something darker that follows me around. And the last thing I'll add to this is that the Arizona cypress I mentioned in my childhood backyard are the only healthy ones in the entire neighborhood. All the others have slowly rotted and died over the years. So that is creepy by itself. Keep up the good work, ladies, and enjoy the pictures of my late Dolce, the Calico, and my new cat, Ezra, the Fluffball. Oh, so I showed both of her cats. Oh, okay. See you on the other side, Jordan. I'm... Here, I'll re-show re- this one with the okay. brightness up. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, Corinne I'm... is very technically challenged. We love Sabrina her. has to help me get my, my headphones hooked up at the beginning of every single oh, one i'm like how do i hook my headphone audio <laughs> to my computer again I'm, I'm sorry can you say that again oh well, i like am that every job i've ever had i've been like what i think is best friends with it but i'm sure in it's mind i am like their worst <laughs> client because i am technically challenged it's okay we all but have our things we all have our things and uh, apparently for Jordan, it's a, a good thing that she has is the power to shut off the paranormal and protect yes. herself. Although I do wish she had – she could find like an in-between, you know, where yeah. she's protected but also gets the visitations yeah. from her late cats. I know. I think that's the biggest thing is especially – like that. Because Jordan was opening themselves up to getting an, like a visitation from Dolce which then probably right. also opened Jordan up to visitation from this dark hooded figure that has been tormenting them for their whole lives, which is so I it's so weird. I want to know what it is and why it is and the I the, know the he's here whisper is so creepy. Oh. I mean, and Jordan was also saying let's not forget when they saw this man splattered with blood down the yeah. road and Ugh. then relocated hate, into the garage. I hate that. That is so freaking scary. I feel like a, yeah. oh my evil, God. a villain right now, like petting my cat. Petting Leia. Leia's like, I'm just here to hear about all the cats. Look, she's looking up at the microphone. She's like, now's my time. You're purring. She's contemplating. Oh, are you leaving now? Contemplating saying something. Oh, she's staying. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, Jordan, I'm sorry that you had to lose your, your cats. Your kitties, I know. But – how nice that Jeannie did get to visit. That's a good paranormal experience. That is a, an amazing paranormal experience. Right. Jordan, you'll the have to keep us updated. On, her, on their back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I hope the black right. figure goes away. Oh, my God, I know. All right. It is really interesting, too, that, that Jordan was saying that when picturing their depression, that is the image that comes yeah. up. Like, that is how. So fascinating. Yeah. I wonder. I, do, we, I guess I just wonder, like, which way the connection goes. Does it manifest well, like that? Because that's that's interesting. That is interesting. Or is the dark hooded yeah. figure just, you know, taking advantage of Jordan when experiencing depression? Right. I don't know. But Jordan, we're here for you. We are. And we hope that thing is never, never coming back. Get out of here. Get out of here. Really? <laughs> little like, oh, her cute little, when she goes like that, like, it just looks like she's got a little, I can see a little frown, but it's her, just her sweet little, little mouth. chinny chin chin. Little okay. Chin. 
I have a story from our listener. Well, it's anonymous. Okay. From anonymous. And it's called, A Ghost Encouraged Me to Get a Divorce. Hi, ladies. I'll try to keep this short, but as I'm a bit confused by it myself, I want to give you enough details to form an opinion on it. You want to go? Okay. Lay it out. Here we go. (laughs) I've never been one to experience paranormal events. I've always loved horror movies and ghost stories, but I'm not one of those people who ghostly things ever happen to. The first and only time that changed for me was a period of about eight months or so in 2019. I was living with my then husband in our townhouse, and we were, what I thought at the time, in a good relationship. So life was going well. One day, my husband was supposed to bring a work friend home with him, and when I got home, no one else was there, but our dog was acting oddly, staring up the stairway at nothing and pacing around uncomfortably. Knowing she really liked her daily routine, I figured my husband and his friend had come back earlier and left to go to a bar or something and got her worked up with her coming and going. We had a roommate at the time and he came home soon after and also commented on the dog acting weird. I told him my theory about my husband and the friend coming and going and that seemed to settle it. An hour later, my husband came home. When I asked where his friend was, he said that the friend had something come up and they had to reschedule. When I asked if he had come home earlier, he said no. And I told him how I noticed our dog was acting strange and he laughed and said, that makes sense. I summoned a demon into the house earlier. Now, a few things to understand about my husband. He was an extremely rational, logical person. As such, he loved to mock spirituality and anything paranormal even though his family is actually pretty haunted, but that's too much to explain here. He never took ghosts or souls or anything seriously that couldn't be backed up with science. After seeing how scared my dog was, though, I was a little pissed that he jokingly summoned a demon into our house, even though I knew he didn't take that or my concern over it seriously. That event was weird, but after that day, I didn't think much more of it. But then other things started happening. Like, what are you trying to do over there? She eating plants or something? She was just going like this onto like a frame. I think maybe she saw her own paw and was like playing with her paw. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. Okay. We had an old hutch in our dining room that we used as a liquor cabinet. The doors on it were magnetically latched and they were very hard to open. I always had to brace one hand against one door and pull hard and firmly on the other to get it to open. Well, this thing started opening by itself. I never saw anything, but one day I was talking to my husband in the next room when I heard the distinct sound of the liquor cabinet door open and then close. I stopped talking and peeked around the corner of the room, but there was no one there. There is no way a change in air pressure or wind would have done that. Another time, I was walking upstairs to our bedroom from getting a drink downstairs, and I heard my husband talking in our bedroom. I thought he was on the phone, but when I got to the top of the stairs, I heard him say, Oh, well, that's not good. I entered the room and asked who he had been talking to. He told me he had been looking down at his phone when out of the corner of his eye, he saw me walk into the room. He had been saying something offhand to me, but when I didn't respond, he looked up and no one was there. Other small things happened there too. I would hear what sounded like someone walking around in our attic, but living in a townhouse, I just attributed it to our neighbors. When our friends would sleep over, which was often, they frequently thought that I had woken up early because they said they heard someone moving around in the kitchen, but it was never me Mm. or my husband and our roommates had moved out by then. My depression and anxiety were getting worse and worse. I started hanging out with some new people, and it was like the more time I spent away from the house, 
and my husband, the more I realized that I actually wasn't happy in my relationship or life. It was a hard conclusion to come to, but it's now been one year since I asked my husband for a divorce and I've never been happier. Obviously, it wasn't just the paranormal stuff at play. There was a lot going on in our relationship that we needed to address and we weren't. But I felt like somehow whatever was in that house helped me get out. Maybe my ex cursed himself when he summoned this demon into our home. I really don't know. But what do you think? Sincerely. Why can't I say that word today? Sincerely. 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 <laughs> sincerely interested in what you make of this anonymous. Wow. I mean, it's funny because they were saying that their husband is very rational. And to me, because of my beliefs, rational is like, Go well, surreal. you shouldn't ever taunt a demon. Yeah. Like, it's, it's realistic that something bad could happen if you do that. Yeah. So I was like, that's, that's our not, rationality. That's delusional. It's <laughs> <laughs> not rational? What the fuck? Yeah, totally Yeah, opposite. we're on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, we say trust your pets all the time. So right. that's immediately a warning that the dog was acting up and was seriously disturbed and concerned by something upstairs. Yeah. I mean, it does sound like, yes, it's spooky. And the fact that this entity, again, was having the ability to like mimic them when their husband saw the spirit walk past and thought it was her, you know? Right. And then- Right. But everything it's, else it's is not pretty just experienced, benign. right? But like all the friends, like it's it's experienced by many, yeah, many, yeah. Maybe it was like, hey, mm. you need to get out of this house because it's mine now. I don't know. I don't know. It's curious. or maybe it was just like here's here's your husband that's like making a joke of this and doesn't believe in it, and I'm clearly here and making my presence known. And this isn't. It's not. Yeah, like like you were saying, it's like mostly yeah. benign. It's still spooky to experience, but like yeah. maybe that was the moment. Maybe the hope was that it was like, I got you. I'm here. Things are real. Drop this dud. Let's move somewhere Drop else this together. Dud. <laughs> There's also a weird part of me that that just because I love talking about glitches in the matrix and like different timelines and stuff and overlapping timelines. There's this part of me that also imagines that they're, the two are unrelated, that, you know, this listener would have figured out that they needed a divorce and that they weren't happy in their relationship regardless. Right. But that somewhere the like a different parallel universe overlapped and they were happening simultaneously but things were happening at different times wow. so in a different timeline they were opening up that cupboard and they were in the kitchen early in the morning when the friends heard them yeah that's super interesting i didn't think of that but i think that that is plausible because my rational brain thinks that that is a high probability <laughs> i know Highly yeah, likely. it is rational <laughs> It is. I'm, how else do you explain it? You don't. You can't. Oh, little baby. Sweet little Leia getting rocked. Big baby. <laughs> but yeah. Big baby. Big baby. Okay. I have – I love this story. Oh, I reread okay. it earlier because I was like, the title, I need to remind myself what so goes excited. on in this one. I think that this is this is our way of ending on a, on a positive note. Oh, this good. This is from Amy. Okay. And it is called Miracle Mrs. Claus Saved My Life. Little Christmas in Hello. May. I know. Starting an email like this is super awkward because I feel like I know so much about the two of you, <laughs> but you have no idea who I am. <laughs> it makes me feel like a creeper. No. I'm a longtime listener and I have a few different inexplicable tales. And I will share two, one super creepy and one that saved my life. 
Oh. I grew up in a haunted house, and this is literally the type of thing that horror movies are based off of. When I said we were ending on a good note, it's because the second story It's half and half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's half and half. When I was about four, my parents bought a house in small town Franklin, Indiana. It had a beautiful backyard and was perfect for our growing family. They should have known it was going to be haunted. The price was just too good for the house (laughs) that size. My mom told me that she knew something was in the house. She felt it the day that we moved in. And my dad was a fireman, and so he was at the firehouse 24 hours, and then he would come home for 24 hours. He was the one who started noticing that at night, the house would drop to a temperature that was so cold he could see his breath. Oh. He would not go into the basement after the sun went down because he said it felt like he was being watched. And one night when my dad was in the firehouse, my mom woke up because she could hear all of the furniture being moved around downstairs. (gasps) So she immediately got my siblings and I called the police. And at the time, she was pregnant with my younger brother, so she was still in full protective mommy mode. The police came and found no one. Nothing was taken, but everything was rearranged. Stop. The furniture, the photos on the wall, the knickknacks, everything. This is like horror movie (sighs) level. Yes. Activity. Imagine if you woke up, Sabrina, and your gallery wall was just all rearranged. I'd be gone. I'd leave. Oh, the like precision and the energy Ugh. and the the strength to do that. That's so scary. Yeah, don't like that. Needless to say, she was a little freaked out. <laughs> we could not afford <laughs> a little to move bit. at the time. So we all just pretended that it didn't happen. After my little brother was born, the house started to feel too small. Six people, one bathroom. So my dad decided that he was going to add another bathroom. He was looking at the layout of the house from the outside compared to the inside and realized we were missing a lot of space inside of the house. With the intention of putting in a new bathroom, he started to tear down a wall in my parents' bedroom. And based on the way of the house and the way it was built, that's where the extra space should have been. That's when my dad discovered a secret room. No. Someone had walled off a child's bedroom. Oh? He tore the wall down only to discover the charred remains of a child's bed, books, toys, everything. There was even a window that had been sealed and siding had been put on the outside to cover it. Stop. As soon as my dad discovered the room, he and my mom had a long conversation about what to do. The strange things happening and the odd feelings increased tenfold. So we did what anyone would do. We cleaned it out. He resealed the wall and we put the house up for sale. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hope there are photos. Are there photos of this? No. Amy, send us photos. Oh my gosh. I need photos. Whatever was in that house haunted my dad's dreams for about two decades after we moved. It was only recently that he stopped having the night terrors that started when we moved into that house. Oh my gosh. Wow. Makes me wonder why the thing, like what happened recently for that to stop? Like, is there another spirit, like family or protector yeah. that's now interfering? Or, or did someone else move in that the spirit is now? Oh, haunting. I was thinking the angry spirit just like reincarnated. But yeah. All right. Fast forward about 15 years to when I was in college. It was my freshman year and I was having difficulty fitting into college life and making friends. So I decided to join the rugby team. I had no idea what rugby was like when I joined and being on the smaller side, I had no idea how dangerous the sport could be. I picked it up pretty quick and got really good at it. And if you're not familiar with rugby, it's like soccer and football combined. No pads, no helmets, just a lot of aggression. It's aggressive. The position I had, yeah. The position I had on the team was called the hooker, and in the scrum, which was the huddle, the hooker is the smaller player that is in the middle and hooks the ball with their foot. It's a fight for possession of the ball. 
A lot of noses get broken in the scrum. (laughs) We were playing a particularly aggressive team one day, and the players were all a lot bigger than the girls on my team. We were in the scrum, and it collapsed. All of the girls fell on top of me, and someone's elbow went right into the back of my neck, breaking my neck. Oh my gosh. I don't remember anything other than not being able to move. They called an ambulance, and I was rushed to the hospital. By the time my parents made it to the hospital, the diagnosis was that I would never be able to walk again or move my arms. Basically, I would be paralyzed from the neck down. I have chills all over my body. I remember laying in the hospital bed screaming. I was 19 years old, and my life was over. I did not want to see anyone. I did not want to talk to anyone. I was just laying in the hospital bed with tears streaming down my eyes. I couldn't even wipe away my own tears. I heard the door open and I waited for the doctor to come into view, but it wasn't the doctor. It was a woman who looked exactly like Mrs. Santa Claus. She had on a red dress and gray, short, curly hair. She came over to my bed and looked down at me. She kissed my forehead and whispered, everything is going to be just fine. And I immediately fell asleep. I have chills on my skull. Like, you know when, like, your whole skin just, like, everything. (sighs) Oh, my gosh. When I woke up about 24 hours later, my whole body was tingling. The doctors did different tests, scans, and x-rays. My neck was healed. Healed. I slowly started to get all of the feeling back in my body, and I made a complete recovery. I asked about the nurse that looked like Mrs. Claus, and no one had a clue who I was talking about. No one fitting that description worked there. I'm now in my 30s, and I'm an avid marathon runner. I can't explain what happened. There was a football player who that exact same weekend had the exact same injury, and he's still paralyzed. Oh, my God. I don't know why she came to visit me and not him, but I am very grateful that she came. I hope you have an incredible Christmas, (laughs) Amy. (laughs) I am – this is – oh. In complete shock. Right? Talk about a miracle. Talk about a, an amazing guardian. I, I I believe this Mrs. Claus looking entity, being, spirit, angel, beautiful angel, is perhaps their guardian. Absolutely. Everything or, or will be like, okay. Is it Amy's guardian or is this just some like amazing spirit who wanders around and cures people? Like literally does miracles. Like Kisses people and cures them. I her neck was broken. She was paralyzed completely, and it her healed. neck is healed in twenty four hours. And also Stop. the fact that like when the kiss happened, she immediately fell asleep. Fell asleep. Like, was put into this like trance of like hyper healing. I'm <laughs> in. I oh I, wow, this is incredible. I'm. I know. I'm jazzed. If I were a superhero and had a superpower, that would I would want that. I, I want I kiss that someone's for you forehead too. and everything is cured. You should try it. That'd Just start awesome. going up to people and kissing their foreheads. Yeah. <laughs> Do not be afraid, stranger. I'm just here to kiss you. But then I just put my hands on their shoulders and I like stare into their eyes for like a good 30 seconds and they're just like, what is happening? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That is incredible. Jeez. What an amazing, it's so incredible. miraculous. So I'm, wow, I'm, I'm blown away. Blown away. I mean, we needed that after hearing about the burned child's bedroom. That I almost forgot off. about that. I almost forgot all about it. Right. I Ugh. do want photos of I that. I wonder what happened there. Yeah, that's so unsettling. I feel like there's a podcast. I can't remember what it was, but there was, I think it was a fictional podcast where there was a story of someone who was possessed. It might have even been Ghosts in the Burbs. Ah, 
I don't know. There's so many podcasts. Anyway, where there was like someone who was possessed living in like the basement and then they like boarded it up and I'm not telling it properly, but there's something in my mind that I'm trying to pull out. Work out. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, yeah, reminiscent of whatever that was. Yeah. It's so eerie. Like whenever something's boarded up, it's one thing if a wall is just boarded up and someone just decides that they don't want it. But the fact that all of the, yes, there was a burnt child's bed and all of the toys and artifacts were still in there. It was like- they were just trying to cover something up. Like they didn't put any right. effort into clearing it clearing or like it. restoring it. or just, Which makes just- me think that there was some like darkness in that room specifically. They boarded it up mm. and in an effort to release itself, it like combusted into flames on that bed. Oh. And it tried to oh. release itself. Sabrina. Ew. Oh my God. But it was Yeah. Trapped. And so then they maybe they walled up the window after that happened. Like, oh, it's trying to come, it's trying to, to escape get and out. come back in. Like we have to keep it fully boarded. I want to know the that address I of need, this house. I need to know more. Right. I need to know who lives there now. We need a medium to go in there and and figure out what happened. Yeah. Too. To like feel Oh my gosh. Feel the space and it's know the so story. Creepy. So creepy. But I also love it. Wow. This is well, wow. I this hope episode Mrs. Claus visits everyone. <laughs> gives you a little kiss on the forehead. I, this episode was uh, this might be one of my favorite episodes ever of all time. This is yeah, this one was really good. This was great. So good. Thank you guys for sharing your stories. Yes, with thank us. you. If you have stories of any kind, please email them to us at two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com and then get lost in the triangle. Get lost. Get lost in the triangle, man. Just Tell do two it. friends this week about this podcast and make sure they yeah. listen and they subscribe. If yeah. you can subscribe and rate and review our podcast, mm-hmm. that helps immensely. Do that for all the podcasts that you listen yeah. to. It really, truly does help. Yes. And also, we have YouTube <laughs> starting June 1st. June ding, ding, 1st. We'll have quite a few so episodes subscribe to our up YouTube. There. It's a thing. Yeah. It's a thing. It's live, and then we'll just start dumping episodes, releasing them out. The way uh, that you did this, this, I was like, are we stripping birthing? down? Are we? Oh, we're birthing. I'm birthing oh. y- y- YouTube, YouTube videos. Mm. I thought we were disrobing, and I was like, I didn't sign up for that. Oh, but no. I could be. Convinced. Wait, what did you say in the beginning that you're you're nudity? Sh- How did you describe I never nude? Shy? You're never nude. It's from um, Arrested Development. Is it? Oh, they should. Mm-hmm. That would be like a really good like OPI nail polish color name or like a lipstick color name. Ooh, never, never nude. Never nude. Yeah. yeah. Like a nude lipstick shade, but like you're never with your you're bare You're never li- nude lips. Nude. Yeah. Revlon, hire me. <laughs> yes. No. Or Kylie. I Kylie. Because, I mean. Kit, whatever it is. Kylie Lip. I sent you a photo before we were recording to show you how I sit during this. And you are I in a birthing position. Motion. You are in a birthing position. Because I sit on like a little packing cube from our closet and I full on straddle it. So my legs right now are like this. Wide. You're you're yeah. stretching it, your It hips. has helped with my posture. I'm yeah, I'm actually my sitting I bones do are down. Yeah. Yeah. What if we just sat on like yoga like the straight. yoga balls and just bounced? Oh, I would love that. I've been seeing also, I don't think it maybe it rocks. It would be sick if it rocks. But those other chairs that like you like hook your feet in, like your feet are behind you and you're kind of like kneeling and like forward. I can't really oh, what? describe it well, but it just looks comfortable. And it's like for putting your feet – I don't know. You can get into all these positions. Anyway, we're supposed to be talking about ourselves right now. So rate and well, review I mean, us. Follow us on social media. 
YouTube, Instagram, we have a Facebook group, TikTok, we have a Discord channel, we have Patreon, Patreon, Campfire Stories on Tuesdays on Spotify Live at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Guys, just join us, fall in, get lost in the triangle. It's, it's yeah. everyone's doing it. Everyone's doing it. World domination. Film is our goal. You should too. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, well. Thank you to Aiden at oh, Acquired yeah, Digital for you. editing the audio. For everyone on YouTube, you might get a few more stutters, but those who are listening to just the audio get a beautiful version yes, of this beautiful. from Sir Aiden. So, Thank you. And we will see you on the other side. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.